I'm with you guys on when you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing that you think of bursting. Put it on the poll at Lebitard Show. When you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing you think of bursting. Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I've got Kyler here with me. We're here to bring you the sharper sports takes. On today's episode, we have Emma Putin brought in with us. And, man, she is way too smart when it comes to the MLB. Then Kyle and I break down some of the injuries in the NFL, and we hit you guys with a totem pole of road trip snacks. We are excited to announce this episode is brought to you by the Bigfoot Axe Throwing Company, the premier axe throwing location in the middle of Paradise in Hochitown, Oklahoma. Use promo code BYB2021 for 15% off your group. Remember to stay plugged into our social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, at Burster Bubble. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts. Remember to rate, review, share with your friends, share with your family, share with the lady at McDonald's, the barista at Starbucks. Ask your neighbors if they've been listening to Burster Bubble. Check out the Stone Pole for your next road trip. Thanks for listening. And remember, no hard feelings because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Gosh, do you plan on leaving your couch on Saturday? Uh, yes, I will not be at my couch on Saturday. Oh, that's right. You're going on a road trip. Where are you um, going again? Yellowstone National Park. Yellowstone National Park on the opening week of college football. On the opening week of college football. I was supposed to do this with my mom, dad, little brother, and my wife, uh, but my grandpa came down with COVID, and so my dad is uh, making sure that you know he's going to be there for his dad, which I completely understand. Uh, we tried doing the same thing. He told us to go ahead and uh, take the trip to Yellowstone. I've also got a bunch of work stuff going on. So this is definitely not going to be my most relaxed vacation. Uh, but I am going to drive 18 hours to Yellowstone and go check it out. It's well worth the drive. I've been there. I've been there twice. It's well worth the drive. It's beautiful out there. Um, but Josh, on, so on Saturday, you're not going to be able to watch any college football? Uh, I'll, I mean, I'll be able to watch it a little bit. You know, I'm I mean, Josh, be... at 11 a.m., we've got Oklahoma kicking things off against Tulane. That, that game obviously moving from uh, Louisiana to Norman. So Tulane is actually the home team in Norman, which, I mean, not really a home field advantage there. But uh, then right after that, Josh, the U, is it U back? Josh, and that's the question they're going to have to answer against the number one team in the country and Mac Jones in Alabama at two-third on ABC. Then right after that, a slobber knocker, top five teams, Georgia and Clemson. Well, I can tell you, the U is not going to be back against uh, Alabama. That is a fact. If, okay, Josh, if it's within 10 points, if, if it's within two, score, two touchdowns, 14 points, is the U back? Uh, that depends. What's the lineup? I will say if Alabama doesn't cover, if Alabama does not cover the spread, then you then you might be back. I mean, this is uh, that's bulletin board material. You said bulletin board right behind me, Josh. If I am Miami and I'm the 14th ranked 14th ranked team in the country, and I'm a 20 point underdog to a team that's just another college team, yep, I'm putting that. I'm putting that's number one on my bulletin board. I'm rather on a mirror when I brush my teeth in the morning. Oof, not me. Most teams I would, but, man, Alabama is just so good at covering the spread. And that going from the number one to the number 14, you know, it doesn't sound like a whole lot, but whenever that number one team is Alabama, uh, it's really going from, like, one to 25. Oh, I mean, uh, <laughs> Miami's for sure going to lose this game. They lost in the bowl game last year to, to Oklahoma State. So, like, this isn't – like, it's not – I mean, best case, Josh, they cover the spread. If they cover the spread, I think the the U is back. 
best case they cover the spread. But you were right, Kyler. You were alluding to it. Saturday is packed with college football games. The Clemson-Georgia game, OU-Tulane getting played in Norman. There's so many season ticket holders trying to sell their tickets for $300 when they bought them for 30 So, you know, it's just, things are going to well, be chaotic uh, in Norman. More games, too. Josh and Penn State, Wisconsin. We've got uh, Louisiana and Texas. They're both ranked. Then on Sunday, Notre Dame and Florida State battle on uh, ABC on, on on Sunday night. And it's just a weekend of college football. I don't think I'm going to leave my couch. And especially because the UFC that night as well, Derek Brunson versus uh, Darren Till. That's a hell of a fight. So, Kyler, who are you, who's your prediction or way too early prediction to win the college football championship and or the play and to make the playoffs? It's still four teams. So, Alabama, Clemson. Oklahoma, uh, Ohio State. Okay, I like it. Who's going to win? Alabama. Yeah. And, I mean, until and until they change it, um, until they change it to twelve teams, I'm going to give you that exact same answer every time you ask me that. Yeah, I I guarantee it. We can put that on the poll. We can put as many teams as we wanted, and the four that would probably win is the four you just. That's what I'm saying. Like, why 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 not just instantly change it to a twelve team playoff? Even eight, you know, just expand it a little bit. Give us something. instantly. This is like, oh, if that's a great idea, let's let's do that in 2027. Yeah, exactly. We've already got all of our TVs for the four for the four teams. We can't expand that to 12. I guess not, Josh. Uh, some NBA news: Rondo signed with the Lakers officially. I think we pretty much broke that news, didn't we? I mean, we we said that like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. He should, surprised he surprised it took so long. But, the, you know, I saw a crazy picture. I think ESPN probably put it up. But it was, like, all the guys who are now on the Lakers, Russ, AD, LeBron, Mark Gasol, maybe even Rondo. Hell, I don't remember. And they were all, like, the 2009 All-Star team. Like, that's pretty much – oh, Melo. Yeah. It was it was basically the entire, like, East and West. There was, like, eight players from the All-Star game. The now thing is, the Rondo is the seventh oldest player on this team. That is wild. 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 Marcus Hall's a bruiser. That was probably yeah. my favorite pickup. He is a bruiser. He is. And if he can stay healthy in the playoffs and if he can if they that's the thing. He wasn't he wasn't too healthy at the end of the year last year. I mean, he could get in there and bang bang around a little bit, but not as much as he normally could. Um, if, if he's fully healthy. If they can just I, I wouldn't even play him in the regular season, to be honest. Just save him for the playoffs. But uh Josh, have you seen this stuff about Ben Simmons? Uh, I've seen a lot of stuff about Ben Simmons. Apparently, he does not want to be in Philadelphia. But then Kendrick Perkin says his agent lies, and Kendrick Perkin comes back out and says that Ben Simmons is his his chapter of the process is over in Philadelphia, and he does want out. They don't want him there. So, Kyler, what's actually happening here? So he's with Clutch, right? Yeah, with LeBron James, with Rich Paul. So they have officially came out and announced his holdout, saying he won't be at training camp. That's a that's a very important statement. That's not saying, and, and you know, they did say the whole, you know, our chapter with the Sixers is done, um, but they said they they're holding out and won't be at training camp. The six they can find him, and you know, it won't matter to him. He makes a bit, 150 million dollars. If they don't trade him, he's going to play for them. And the thing yeah. is, Josh, reports are Tyrese Maxey, who is also represented by Rich Paul and Clutch, needs to be included in any trade package. So 
a suitor may present itself. The Timberwolves have been in talks. I don't think they have anything to offer. Um, Clutch has came out and said that uh, Simmons wants it to be a California team, which that, I mean, that only, Josh, that only Sacramento, right? Yeah, Sacramento. It's about, unfortunately, back on July 29th, before the draft, of course, the Warriors rejected the offer of Ben Simmons for Wiseman, Wiggins, the number seven and number 14 picks, and two future firsts. Well, yeah, of course I did. You know, that the Golden State Warriors team is built around shooter. So, yep, so the Clippers and Lakers for sure don't want Ben Simmons. Looks like the Sacramento Kings are going to win the sweepstakes, sweepstakes of Ben Simmons and Tyre, Ma- Tyrese Maxey. And any of you thinking that Dame is getting traded for Ben Simmons, you're out of your mind. I have seen uh, some possible three-way trades where Tyrese Maxey ends up here in Oklahoma City when we give one of our late first-round picks. Don't hate that. I do like I do like Tyrese Maxey. So uh, I don't remember who the other uh, team was. It was probably Sacramento because there's not very. I mean, the thing is, yeah, you're gonna win the Ben the Ben Simmons sweepstakes. But who really wants to win the Ben Simmons sweepstakes? That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Uh, but I mean, I Josh, but this, is a, this is a classic agent move, Kyler. This is this is how this offseason went for Ben Simmons. Playoffs, everyone hates Ben Simmons. The beginning of the offseason, everyone hates Ben Simmons. He sucks. He sucks. He can't shoot. Yesterday, for the first time, I saw a couple. I saw three different polls go out that asked if Ben Simmons was underrated. Oh, Josh, don't get me fucking started. About a, a day later after releasing more workout videos where Ben Simmons is shooting 100% from every sh- spot on the court, he announces his, his holdout from camp. It it floored me. Josh, I mean, it, it, it ah, he aggravates me to the world's end. And I want I want to see him on the worst team possible. Because uh, I think he's good. I think he's a really good basketball player. I think if he was by himself, he could probably make a, a bad team good. But he's not, so he can't. I don't. I don't think he. Can, I don't think he can make a good team great. Yeah. But you're not going uh, to win with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid on the same team. It's not going to happen. No, definitely not. Here's a stat for you, Josh, and here's a, a baseball stat. We'll a little segue before we get to Emma. A great baseball conversation. Max Scherzer. I mean, he's the Dodgers' ace. He's really bad at hitting. So uh, last night he struck out on six pitches, failed to reach base for an MLB record. 50th straight plate appearance. 50. 50 straight. But, though, his struggles at the plate, Max threw six shutout innings and got the win for the Dodgers. So, all is well. Yeah, I guess when you're doing that, you don't have to hit the, hit the ball. Yep, and that and that story was actually on the Fastest Men in Sports on uh, KDQN 92.6 this morning. So, check that out uh, on Facebook Live if y'all want to. Check that broadcast out there and really good guys over there. Josh, we got some stuff to talk about. Um, Let's do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about the vaccines? Uh, do you do you not want to talk about that? The vaccines in the NBA. Uh, I actually haven't read too much about the NBA's vaccines. Now I'll go off about the NFL's vaccine uh, rules if you only do. Uh, so I'll, I'll just I'll tell you a little bit about the NBA. Um, Shams reported yesterday afternoon that for the upcoming NBA season, certain markets are requiring pl- players to be vaccinated unless there's approved medical or religious reason. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, New York Knicks, and Golden State Warriors are the only three teams mandating this as of now, but that could change. Um, and I, I, I don't think this applies to traveling players. So is, 
So it's a it's a shit show. Go ahead, Josh. Uh. I will say that at the end of the day, these are private entities and they probably have the right to do that within their own team. I will say this. I like, I like the ruling of coming out and just mandating it. Just saying, all right, look, if you want to play for our team, if you want to do this, you have to get the vaccine versus putting in rules that solely hurt people who choose to not get the vaccine. Yes. There's a difference in, in punishing people who don't want to get it and saying that you can't, you know, be a part of this without that, if you, unless you get that exemption. You, because that's what the NFL did. The NFL's rule isn't to, you know, they can't even act like it's to proactively help people feel better or anything like that. I mean, you know, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to get into vaccine or non-vaccine. I think that's yeah. a choice that should be made between you and your primary care physician. Go to a doctor and see if it is for you. And uh, I don't, I am not in favor of mandating vaccines. I don't agree with, NBA mandating the vaccines, but look, they're a private business. They can probably do it. I mean, if you want to play for those teams, go get vaccinated. I think you're going to run into a lot of logistic challenges, but it's better than just punishing people who chose not to get the vaccine like the NFL is doing with players like Cole Beasley whenever you're not even the face of an outbreak or the cause of an outbreak, but someone who's got the vaccine can still spread it, and they're the cause of the outbreak, and you still get punished because you're unvaccinated. Those are the things that yeah. I think are unfair. That's unfair. yeah, and that and that's the worry of of the teams is that the team the players that are that are unvaccinated, you know, could catch it from a player who may be vaccinated, and because they're not vaccinated, it could get hit pretty bad by, it and you know, could cause some pretty serious repercussions, especially if it's a coach, if it's a front office member. Um, so I agree with your statement that the NFL should have came out with a blanket statement. I mean, that, that would have been, that would have been the solution. I, I think you're exactly right on that. Yeah. Just don't put rules in place that punish one section of people, not others based on a medical decision. That's all I'm saying. Let the people choose for themselves with their doctors. But I do have some other stuff about the NFL collar. Good. So obviously biggest news of the week and it ruined so many podcasts that were released on Monday, Cam Newton getting released by the New England Patriots, Mac Jones getting the start, the little boy from the commercial telling Cam Newton, I'm going to take your job. He's done it. Mac Jones, the new starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. What do you think, Kyler? So Emma brought up an interesting point, a really interesting point about this um, when we were talking about it, and I, f- I honestly forgot it. But I know that I said uh, maybe this has something to do with COVID. He's unvaccinated. Something to note. No, Bill Belichick's already disputed that. Sure. Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, you know, just to put this in perspective, they're like best friends with Donald Trump. They don't care about mandating vaccines. I think the point that Emma brought up, and I hate to play spoiler, is that uh, maybe this was a favor to uh, Cam. You know, he like he 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 doesn't really want to be a backup on. He doesn't want to be a backup period, but doesn't want to be a backup on probably not a what a five hundred team. Yeah, I get that. Uh, that's a fair point. I, I also think that for Cam, if they were planning on this, you know, for a while, that Cam wouldn't be the starter. I personally think that Cam did not impress enough in training camp and did not show enough progression after a year of being healthy in his ability to throw the football. I think that's ultimately what cost him the job. I think that when it comes down to Bill Belichick's system, I think that he wants a quarterback that can throw the football and not just scramble. I think he wants a little bit more 
uh, of a passing game. That's why he succeeded so well with Tom Brady. And I think that's why you'll see some success with Mac Jones. Yeah, and maybe we are sleeping on the Patriots a little bit. I say, you know, I say 500, but it is Bill Belichick, and it's a quarterback like like Mac Jones who, who has proven himself at least at the collegiate level. So, so hopefully, I, mean, I, I, I will. I will also say this: there's some reason that Mac Jones was being rumored to get taken at number three by the San Francisco 49ers. The kid's not a scrub. Uh, he fell a little ways in the draft, but you know who else fell pretty far down in the draft? Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, so, you know, I, I'm not worried about Mac Jones and, and New England Patriots. I don't think they're going to come out with a Super Bowl year one, but uh, I'm not crazily worried about what they're going to be able to do. Here's another quarterback who slipped in the draft, Josh, and uh, he's not going to start week one. That is Justin Fields from the Ohio State University. He went 11th overall. But the Chicago Bears have named Andy Dalton the week one starter. Um, there's no need to rush Justin. Coach Pace explained, and that story is courtesy of Pro Football Talk. What do you think about that? I completely agree. Andy Dalton is going to be a week one quality starter. I mean, look, you're not losing very much year to year if you go from Mitch Trubisky to Andy Dalton starting week one. And you know what? Andy Dalton is a serviceable quarterback. You know, he's a veteran. He understands how to get the game going. There's, I agree, there's no reason to, to rush Justin Fields out, on the, out onto the field. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback, and I'm excited to see Justin Fields play. But why would you just throw him out to the Wolves, you know, when you are the Chicago Bears week one, when you have a chance to win a game with Andy Dalton? I, yep. need to look at, I need to look at their schedule. I need to see if they're playing week one because that also might uh, be a factor. If they're playing a pretty tough defense, they might just not want Justin Fields to die week one. I want to say it's the Rams, Josh. Oh, if they're playing the Rams, and that's why that he, that's why you're not seeing him play. I'm going to pull it up, but I think it is the Rams. Rams are playing Chicago. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly why they're not playing. Yeah, they don't want Aaron Donald to tear him to pieces. I would not be surprised now that I see. Wait, who are they playing week two? Let's let's look at the schedule. We're about to do some detective work and some NBA rumors. When you're doing that, Brooklyn Nets have offered DeAndre Jordan in a pick swap in in trade talks. So DeAndre Jordan may be out of Brooklyn, and Brooklyn also signed Paul Millsap earlier. So just it's. Two-team league. Oh, finally, I found a player from Chicago. Man, oh, oh, I – oof. No, 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 no. Justin Fields is not going to start until at least week three, but I could probably see a week four start for Justin Fields. Okay. Week three? Who are they playing week three? Uh, they're playing Cleveland week three, so I think that they're going to play Andy Dalton one more game for a little revenge game against Cleveland. And then week four against Detroit Lions, book it. Justin Fields will be starting against the Detroit Lions week four because week two they play. Yeah. So week one is the Rams. They don't want him to die. Week two is the Bengals give Andy Dalton the revenge game. Week three is the Browns. That's a pretty good defense. Let him get, let Andy get through since or uh, Cleveland, maybe even Justin Fields comes in the second half. And then week four, Justin Fields start because your Chicago bears will be a whopping. Oh, actually they could be, two and one but uh, here's my here's my hypothesis on when they should bring uh justin fields in if they're down at halftime against the browns bring him in yeah i would agree with that halftime at halftime in game three is the earliest that you can bring justin fields in that's electric although i will also say if it comes out and the chicago bears are just beating the piss out of the Bengals, throw justin fields out there that defense isn't going to hurt you no, you're exactly right. Uh, Josh, Let's. Uh, you got any more on football? Uh, yeah, so I, did we talk about J.K. Dobbins? 
No, we haven't. Okay, so J.K. Dobbins went out, season-ending injury. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of people were roasting John Harbaugh and why he was even playing that game to begin with. We see that every year whenever somebody ends up getting hurt. Uh, it's unfortunate. You know, my Baltimore Ravens took a big hit. Now you have Trayson or Tyson Williams, a uh, backup running back to Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards put up 700 uh, yards last year. He's proved himself to be a quality back. So uh, the Ravens learned from this. Uh, we had we same kind of situation happened years ago when the Ravens were looking for a, a Super Bowl run, and they had no running backs to replace their starter. It was it was a terrible situation. So they've uh, pretty much beefed up that backfield now you've got Tyson Williams Gus Edwards the best running back in the NFL and Lamar Jackson so I mean I'm not worried about Buffalo or Baltimore wow I'm not worried about Baltimore but that is a big piece to know on J.K. Dobbins a young young player who had a promising promising look in the NFL yeah yeah he does he does it's just uh you know it's unfortunate when those injuries happen Mm -hmm. we saw the same thing happen with Cam Akers Travis Etienne uh I mean, you know, some of these young guys are just unfortunately getting the injury bug right now, and hopefully they'll be able to come back and play well. Uh, Kyler, last thing on the NFL, I'm just going to give my overhyped player of the year. Ooh, this early. Overhyped player of the year. And this is pretty much for fantasy football drafts. So if you are drafting in the top 12, this is the guy that I think is overrated when it comes to your draft. Okay, go ahead. Okay, the guy that I think that is most overrated in your NFL fantasy football draft in the top 12 is going to be Aaron Jones. Wow, Aaron Jones. So, uh, Josh, we had this dispute last year, and I I debated you, and he had a career year again. So I'm going to debate you again. I'm going to completely disagree. Aaron Jones is going to continue to – uh, he's a workhorse. Him and him and Aaron Rodgers have such great chemistry, communication, uh, leadership skills on the field, off the field, in that locker room. I believe in those two as a pair. So here's what I will say. I still think that Aaron Jones is going to be an RB1. But I think there are other options out there that you can look at. They drafted that rookie, didn't they? Huh? They drafted that rookie, didn't they? Uh, they did, but they also still have A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon is going to snipe some touchdowns. He's a big – I think he's like 258 pounds, six foot. I mean, he's just a, a solid dude. You know, he's just – Yeah. Was A.J. Dillon drafted last year or two years ago? Uh, A.J. Dillon was drafted last year. That's what I thought. He was in, the, in the, the, the most recent draft, huh? Yeah, so this is his – You're uh, right. You're so, and they so, tra- well, and the other thing is they traded Jamal Williams away. And, you know, everyone was scared of Jamal Williams being a pass catcher, but I think that Aaron Jones is still going to get involved enough in the passing game to to make it. Like I said, this is not me saying Aaron Jones is going to suck. I just think that there are better options. And I said top 12, more so top 10, uh, that you could look at in the first round of a fantasy draft than Aaron Jones. Uh, I yeah. just think that some of the touchdowns are going to get vultured. I think that they're, they're not going to have as many leads as they did last year. I just I don't expect everything to go 100% for the Green Bay Packers like it did a year ago. I, I disagree, Josh. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be on an absolute war tear through this league. I think he wants to go uh, just prove everyone wrong. Prove I, I don't think I don't think anyone is doubting him except for his front office and his coaching staff. And I think well, that's who, is, exactly who he wants to prove wrong. Are they even doubting him? I mean, the, you know, the the issues was has never been his well, playing ability. In his mind, they are. 
I think that's enough. I think to him, I think that they are doubting his ability to construct a roster, which makes me think that one day he could end up running one of these football teams and give Matt LaFleur and the front office a big FU. Or they're they're counting on him to father father time to catch up to him at some point. Kyle, let me me ask you this in a percentage. What percentage of plays do you think are given to Aaron Rodgers this season and he audibles out at the line of scrimmage or in the huddle? 96%. (laughs) He's not going to listen to a damn thing that they say. He might take that speaker out of his head, out of of his helmet. He might squish it like you see on the spy movies. Oh, man, sorry. Somebody somebody knocked it out and got it stepped on. (laughs) That's right. Uh, that's gonna be a, that's man. That's gonna be an interesting season. Are the, what storylines are you most interested in, in this season? I think we talked about this, haven't we? Uh, my favorite, the one I have to be more the most worried about, the most concerned about, uh, is definitely Lamar Jackson. The playoffs. I need Lamar to come out and win a couple of playoff games for the Baltimore Ravens. Let's well, make regular the Super Bowl season. run. Oh, uh, regular but, season storylines. So the Saints quarterback. You know, that's an interesting story. I guess yeah, Jim, how good Michael is Tom, I mean, Michael Thomas? I guess how good is Jameis Winston going to be? Uh, I want to see if Justin Jefferson can make the second year leap. I want to see if Calvin Ridley can be an elite wide receiver one without Julio Jones there to take targets away. Uh, people can say you know talk about Kyle Pitts, but he's not going to get shadowed by the cornerback ones like uh, Julio was. So we have to make sure that Calvin can still live up to that kind of production. Is Adam Thielen going to fall off a hill? You know, with Justin Jefferson being that guy. <laughs> Is he going to fall field? I don't think so. I think Adam Thielen is still in that wide receiver, late wide receiver one, early wide receiver two area. Uh, you have to wonder about the split work between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Who's going to get, you know, is Nick Chubb going to get some of the pass catching work? Is Nick Chubb as good as what he was last year? I mean, those are big questions. Uh, I know I'm throwing a lot at you real quick, Kyler, but, uh, you know, you also have to, you also have to think about, uh, can the 49ers come back with a healthy squad and make another Super Bowl run? You know, they still have a solid defense and great running backs and a great offensive line. And who's going to play quarterback for them? And who's playing quarterback? I Probably Jimmy Garoppolo week one and maybe, but I, Trey Lance, everything I've seen on Trey Lance, this isn't just coaches lying. This is, you know, watching the, the some of the camps and some of the videos. Trey Lance looks like an amazing quarterback. Dude, I mean, every I haven't I haven't read a bad word about Trey Lance. I haven't either. It seems like he keeps his head down and goes yeah. to work. You know, you know another quarterback. Finger. You know another quarterback that we on this show is like, oh, he's gonna bust. That Who's may that? not end up being a bust. Who's that? Tony Romo came out and said that this kid looks like a top three quarterback. He has Patrick Mahomes talent. Daniel Zach, Jones. Zach, Zach Wilson. He said that about Zach Wilson. I don't even know where he is right now. He's with the Jets, looking like Zach Efron. And he is just balling out, bro. I watched him play the other day in one of the oh. preseason games, and he he looked good. Corey I'll tell Davis you guys, is just a target hog. The the Jets' new coach, they have a new coach. I like him a lot. I forget I forget his name, but I do like him a lot. I I, I he came from he came from a, a a good tree. I'm pretty sure. I'm not real sure about that. I just know I like the Jets' coach a lot. Uh, I heard him on a podcast Robert once. Soleil, Robert Solly. Robert, yep, yeah, that is it. He was on Stupidity. Yeah, he's a bald guy. Looks pretty fit. Oh, yeah, he was a defense. Oh, well, yeah, he's great. He was a defensive coordinator for the 49ers. There you go. So, yeah, so I, I'm excited to see Zach Wilson play, and I also have some dynasty shares of him. So, you know, I'm come on, Zach. Come on, Zach. 
So Josh, the uh, the PGA wraps up the season this weekend with the Tour Championship at East Lake. Um, so this is uh, and this is the most confusing thing we 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 go through every year with with the PGA. Um, we're going to get to it here in a minute, but uh, this is the playoffs, just like any other you know sport. We have the PGA does their does their playoffs, and it's three legs. So it starts with seventy five the top seventy five players that are in the FedEx Cup, goes on to fifty, and this week is twenty five players. Um, there's only 25 golfers at this event uh, that are in contention for a $10 million purse if they win both the FedEx Cup championship and the Tour championship, which is very likely for players like Patrick Cantlay, Tony Finau, Bryson Shambo, John Rahm, Cameron Smith, Justin Thomas, Harris English, pretty much anybody in the top 10, if they win this golf tournament, they also will win the FedEx Cup championship and win $10 million. Where's my boy at in these rankings? Is he one of those guys that can win both? Colin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, probably. I thought so. Yeah, that's who I'm looking at, Keller. When it comes to these big-time events right now in, in the time of golf, if there's a big-time event with a big-time purse, a thing to make your name known, I'm putting my whole mortgage on Colin Morikawa every single time until it fails me. Here's the thing, Josh, and this is this is where things get confusing. This is the last event of the year. This is the Tour Championship. And as you can remember from last year, the leader, Patrick Cantlay, starts out at minus 10. Oh, yeah. And it goes down from there. Tony Finau is minus 8. Whereas we, your guy, Colin Markawa, Josh, he's starting seven shots off the lead. Seven shots, that's nothing for my boy. It's nothing, but unless – Cantlay goes out there and shoots 24 under like he did last week. Oh, everyone was shooting uh, Everyone was shooting great scores last week. Him and Bryson had a battle, didn't they? That was nuts. Bryson missing the – bro, I missing a five-foot putt for – oh, man. Bryson's I such a to, head case. I meant to do that. I meant to make that a TikTok where uh, that eagle shot where he it hit the Ooh. edge, the edge, and then it rolled back. That was a, one of the sickest shots I've ever seen live. And I don't know. I don't know if any of our listeners, if, we, if any of our listeners listened to uh, foreplay, but apparently they they had a whole thing with like the the you know the tiger tracker and there's like a tiger tw spot and then like a whole bunch of different Twitter accounts popped up that that follow these different golfers and everything. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, love so, tiger tracker. So like the Legion, all the like you know Jordan Spieth Legion, Tiger Legion, all they were all bought by Nuclear Golf. And apparently, like, it's been, like, a falling out between, like, these people and, like, they're taking away, they're taking themselves way too seriously. They're literally just people sitting on their computers, like, tweeting about every single move. Like, they're not actually actual credible journalists at all. They just have Twitter accounts, uh, kind of like us. But um, we're actually going to have Jordan Spieth Legion on the show tomorrow. That's going to drop, Josh, we're going to drop that episode just as an exclusive just a Jordan Spieth Legion exclusive episode. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> because that's 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 my boy. And Josh, don't worry, don't worry. I've already reached out to the Colomore Cow tra- tracker for you. So uh we're gonna try and get him on too. That's the only one I want to talk to you. But uh but Jordan Spieth will be on the show. That episode will come out tomorrow or Saturday. Love it. Love it. Excited for it. That'll be a that'll be a great, great little conversation. Yeah. Figure that'll out everything fun. going into the weekend and that'll be good. That'll be fun. Oh, well, do you have any- oh Josh, actually, okay. he just he just DM'd me. He said, or do you want to do during his round? I'll be tracking, but it's all I have to do, so I'll be free to chat. 
Oh, now that would be way cooler. That's electric. Hey, get him on there talking about a birdie or a double bogey. That'd be great. What time does he tee off today? He tees off at 120 today. Josh, are we doing this? I mean, I'll be in the car, but I can tell everybody to shut up for 15, 20 minutes. Hold up. My time. 1220 my time. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, I'll be headed to Tulsa. Yeah. So, check out for the – that's going to be an electric episode. We're going to do a, a watch-along with with Jordan Spieth Legion watching Jordan Spieth play in the Tour Championship. How electric is that? That is great. I love it. I'm that's excited. exclusive. Josh, right. I'm, I'm almost excited for that as I am for this interview with Emma. That we're going to get to right now, and then we're going to hit you guys with a totem pole of road trip snacks. Welcoming back on the show today, recurring guest, Emma Houghton. She's the co-host of the Did You Hear Pod with Patrick Zing. Both of them an integral part, an integral part of the Blue Wire Hustle and have been a huge help since. Um, I believe y'all were in that first batch as well with, uh, with Burst, Rub- Burst Rubble, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And how has it been since then? How have you enjoyed it? Uh, it's been awesome. Thanks again for having me on. You know how much I love your guys' show. Um, yeah, it's 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 really just about getting your quote unquote shot, right? Someone saying, uh, "We think you're good enough to start the podcast, or we think you're good enough to be in this program." That's what hustle is. It just gives podcasters opportunities. And yeah, we I mean we've been doing this for almost a year now. It's almost been a yeah. year since we joined Hustle, which is wild to think about. And even no matter what your listen listenership numbers are, I think for me to realize how much better I've gotten on the mic is the thing that I care the most about, which is pretty cool. That's exactly right. And, and still, I mean, no matter if you have 12 people listening, you have 20, you know, 50 people listening, those are still, you know, people that are coming and listening to you talk and you get better and you grow as, as what you're doing. So that, that's cool to see as well. Um, yeah. But you are the co-host of the, did you hear pod? And uh, did you hear Cam Newton? <laughs> is no longer a part of the New England Patriots. I kind of called this during the uh, our last our last little live draft we had. Um, fantasy football draft, I said there's some stock in Mac Jones because I don't think Cam Newton is going to be a part of the New England Patriots for much longer because he's unvaccinated. Mm. And that came to fruition. Did um, you really say that? Wow. Check the tape. Uh, I, I think I think unva- unvaccinated players, and they said this on Lebsart show, and and I'm, I'm, I, I was saying this before they said this this morning, but I think unvaccinated players are a liability this year in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you see it with the Red Sox right now that are they're one of the few teams below the 85 percent th- uh, vaccination threshold, and it is literally going down the drain the entire season. And it's funny because I've been obviously thinking about the camp situation all day. And I was completely floored when I saw it. Did not see it coming at all. But I've decided since that it is not shocking that Mac Jones is the week one starter. He is the best quarterback in that room. He gives Mm -hmm. the Patriots the best opportunity to win. What's shocking is that Cam Newton was released because we all know that he's better than the other two quarterbacks in the room, Brian Hoyer and Jarrett Stidham. So something had to have happened. One hypothesis is that Bill Belichick was maybe cutting him some slack. I don't know what the perfect word is, but um, he knew that Cam didn't want to be a backup behind a rookie. So they let him go, whatever. And the second thing is the whole quote unquote COVID misunderstanding. The reason why Jones got his shot in practice and where he was able to show off what he can really do 
And I think that's the bigger reason. I think that misunderstanding was a really big deal. We're not hearing the whole story, but there were obviously people were on different pages. And I think it's going to cause a huge rift for these players, just like you said, and how much playing time they see in their relationships with coaches, executives, and then most importantly, the other players on the field with them. Absolutely. And, uh, and people at home who haven't done your fantasy draft, I mean, there you can look online at who's vaccinated and who's not. I mean, you know, the fantasy experts are all over that. Christian McCaffrey, by the way, not vaccinated. But uh, they Emma, have that on fantasy. It says that. if they're vaccinated. Um, so you, you, have, um, you have to kind of do a little research to find that. But, but there are lists out there that, that wow. definitely have that information. Wow. Um, want to start with your wheelhouse. What I assume is your favorite sport, baseball. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong. No, you're right. You're definitely right. Only about one month left in the season, right? Just about. Yeah, I think we're five weeks, four or five weeks. Yeah. So really three races to talk about. we got the NL West with the Giants. They're still ahead of the Dodgers just by a game and a half. Um, this is all recording before tonight's game's finished. Uh, not to mention the, Giant, uh, the Giants do face the Dodgers three more times this season and 10 games left against the San Diego Padres. So uh, that, that NL West could be all, all jumbled up. And the NL wildcard way, in a, a wildcard race with, of course, the Dodgers or Giants claiming that top spot. But with teams still battling like Cincinnati, St. Louis, or could the Slam Diego Padres actually make it to the playoffs again? Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, I unfortunately think St. Louis is out of it. <laughs> I'm not yeah. willing to put the Cardinals in that race, but I'll start with the West first. And Pat and I dropped an episode on Wednesdays. And the one we did for this Wednesday uh, was the NL MVP race, because that one's pretty wide open. And it's so funny. This I'll never get over this. Pat said, do, do we want to talk about the best player on the best team in baseball? And I said, Max Muncy. And he said, Brandon Crawford, mm. the giant, the Dodgers and the giants, respectively, they're literally that good that they're interchangeable in that sentence. And the reason why the giants have been such an amazing story all year long, it's a reason why we're over 120 games into the season and people are still saying, are we sure the giants are legit? Yes, they're legit. They have a game and a half lead over the Dodgers as we're recording now. Yeah, I think they're going to win the West. And I think it's just the, the balance that they have on this team. They don't have a quote unquote star, or at least they didn't before they got Chris Bryant at the trade deadline, but there are some of their parts. And I'm quoting my co-host Pat when I say that they are just so well balanced. When a star goes down, they have somebody else waiting in the wings. They've got Buster Posey playing like it's mm-hmm. 2012. They're awesome. Has yeah, Buster it, Posey always been a part of the San Francisco Giants? I feel like he, I feel like he, cause he ripped my heart out when they played the Rangers in, in two, what was that 2012, right? Mm-hmm. yeah thank you for that he's been there forever he's so, uh, been there literally uh, that and i actually have that question right now what happened with the giants they were below 500 last year now this year an absolute wagon obviously adding chris bryant at the deadline but what do you credit to this tr- to their transformation so i don't know i don't think you can narrow it down to one thing i'm actually going to say three things the first and this is the backbone of everything it's their their leadership their front office Farhan Zaidi is one of the best executives in baseball. Actually, probably the three best executives in baseball are in the NL West. Andrew Friedman of the Dodgers, AJ Preller of the Padres, and Farhan Zaidi of the Giants, which is pretty wild and tells you how good the NL West is going to be for the next decade or so. But Farhan Zaidi has constructed this roster so well that this year, the Giants literally played with house money. They are basically wiping 
everything clean next year. They've got a wicked good prospect in the minors right now named Joey Bart, who's a catcher. They were hoping for bounce back seasons from guys like Posey and Evan Longoria and Brandon Bell and Brandon Crawford. And instead of getting bounce back seasons, you got legitimate MVP caliber seasons from four or five of these guys over the age of 33 to 35. It's, it's literally remarkable. And then the third thing is the pitching. It's guys that they took flyer deals on Kevin Gosman, a one-year deal. He's in the NL Cy Young conversation, Logan Webb, Anthony DiSclefani, they just piece things together. They play with house money. Nobody counted them in. And they've been leading the Dodgers for months and months and months. Yeah, you're exactly right. So I think they're going to, I agree with you. I think they're going to win the West. Do you think the West is going to have three teams in the playoffs? <sighs> That's the question. I think a month ago, I would have said 100% yes. And the resurgence of Joey Votto and the Cincinnati Reds offense has definitely put that into question. And just as much the Padres health has put that into question. I think the Padres are a more talented team, but in September and October, that doesn't matter as much as health matters. And the Padres just don't have the pitching. They brought on Jake Arrieta, who had an ERA over six this year, just because they needed a body on on the mound. And then he proceeded to, I think, pull his hammy or something. And now he's on the IL. So they just can't catch a break. I'm going to say the Reds now, but I don't think the Reds are equipped for a deep run in the postseason. Again, I think if the Padres are healthy, they are the more talented team. And that's why even if they don't do it this year, we don't need to raise the alarm bells. They're going to be just fine as long as they're healthy. Yeah, as just an average baseball fan, I feel like the Padres can beat any team on any given night, just yeah. on the amount of offense they can produce. Uh, what last question on the NL? Unless you have more to you want to add on the on the NL side, what's up with the Mets? I mean, it seemed like they're good at the beginning, and then they're they're bad at again, and then they started and they had a streak, and they're, they're hovering around five hundred all year all year long. What's up with? Are they ever going to be good? Yeah, that that's a loaded question. Um, part of me thinks it's the curse of the expectation because the reason why things were looking up for the Mets this year is because they have Steve Cohen now and he brings a lot of money with him. And when you have a little money, that means you have, when you have a lot of money, it means you have a lot of expectations. And in the first year, the Mets weren't ready to win the world series. The easy answer here is injuries because Michael Conforto has been out. Lindor has been out. You can go down the list to Grom, Syndergaard, Carrasco, all these guys, but I actually think it's much deeper than that. And a guy like Conforto isn't the hitter that we thought he was for the past Mm -hmm. two seasons and his future, the contract he's going to get when he probably walks this year, isn't going to be as good as we thought it was going to be. You have some, you have some guys to build around. It's the Lindors, even though he struggled this season, it's the Alonzo's. You have a serious question to think about with Jacob deGrom because of his injury history. And then recently it's just gotten worse and worse because of the whole thumbs down drama with Javi Baez. He isn't a part of the Mets future, but it just, it optic wise. Again, Pat and I talked about this too. The losing was enough. The fact that the Mets had a sizable lead in the NL East for months and are now seven and a half games behind the Braves. That's enough. Now you have players basically booing the fans in New York. That's the bottom line. 
and like the whole hobby bias thing when he like you know had his just boot put his uh, thumb down the down. yeah it's like i barely cared when it was the mouse in the palace so I don't care if Javi Baez puts his thumb down to the fans. Like, that's it, just, it's weird to me that that was such a huge story. And that was, I mean, he had to pull out like a heartfelt apology. It was ridiculous yeah. to me. Moving it on was, to the. Yeah, it was go, a lot go, out of nothing. Go ahead. No, I just, I, my thing is don't poke the bear. Yeah. You are having a bad season. He's having a bad season. And New York fans are ruthless. And I I'm, will never be the type of fan that boos a player. But he's, when he's playing shitty. I am. New York fans are going to make him accountable and his reaction was to be a baby about it and then put it back on that i just didn't like i didn't well, like the way he i don't i don't i don't even call that being a baby i don't call i i, I say me booing him after he strikes out that's me booing a baby uh, yeah. that's me that's me being a baby I, i'm booing somebody who just struck out in a game and so like he has every right to be a baby back to me that's fair yeah. so oh, like I, he's got to be the bigger person though he's making millions we're not i guess <laughs> Moving on to the AL, AL East, of course, we have to start there. Headlined by two of the biggest sports franchises in the world, arguably the New York Yankees and the Red Sox. Love that. They've been the most interesting division in baseball all year long, yet the least interesting sports story all year long. Yet somehow the Tampa Bay Rays have quietly maintained their dominance after getting to the World Series last season. What makes Tampa Bay what makes this Tampa Bay squad such a formidable opponent? Not only each night, but it seems like each season. I mean, they hardly ever take a year off. Yeah, nobody really deserves Tampa. The Rays no. are so much better than everybody thinks, and they still can't even fill up Tropicana Field, which is a dump, and they need to redo. But it kind of comes with the reason why that's the case is because Tampa Bay doesn't have any stars. And they never have any stars because they aren't willing to pay the big bucks to the big names. And that in turn makes them better. It's a very weird conundrum. The reason why the Rays are so good year in and year out is because their roster is constructed to a T. It's perfection. The, the funny thing I always say about it is if the Rays call you as a t- if you, if you own a team and the Rays call you asking for a player, it's probably in your best interest to keep that player because if the Rays mm. see something in him, that means there's something in him. It's, it's almost like the land of misfits, but all these guys come together and they're probably, I think they're going to make it to the world series. I think they're going to win the AL this year again. I think they are as well. Um, obviously the more notable team in the AL East is the Yankees who acquired every single all-star right before the trade deadline. Um, but one thing they forgot is that Araldus Chapman stinks. I mean, why not trade Voight for a closer? That's a good question. Thanks. I mean, it's the track record, right? He he had a really good start to the season. He was one of the poster childs to the sticky substance scandals, even though it was mostly centered around starters. Chapman was horrible when the sticky substance stuff really came about. At the beginning of June or July, I think his ERA was in the 13s, which you don't like to see. Crazy. I think I think the bigger part of that is that you don't want to part with Voight. Voight, I think Voight is going to to be a cornerstone of this team. And even though he struggled this year, I mean, the reason why he was in the headlines is because he was complaining about not getting enough, not getting enough playing time. People mm-hmm. love that. People love that. I think the Yankees did the right thing by getting Gallo and 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 Rizzo. Excuse me. Um, was so it was a bigger need. It was a bigger need for them to get left-handed bats 
than it was for them to get a lockdown closer to replace Chapman when he could bounce back. But even if he doesn't, you still have Jonathan Loisega and you still have Chad Green and you have guys that you can piece together. So I think their biggest need was left-handed bats and they did it. I don't agree with you. I just think they're going to be relying on those younger guys, those inexperienced pitchers in those moments because Aroldis Chapman is going to fold. He stinks. And yeah. I'm, I'm getting that out there. Uh, no, I think that's a good call. I mean, you, you definitely don't want Lucas Lucky saving games. I mean, you could go down the list. And, and the, thing that scares have me most, the thing that scares me the most about Chapman is his control. I'm nervous that he's going to peg a guy in the head with a 101-mile-per-hour fastball. He's a complete loose cannon right now. He really is. And uh, so I just want to get a stat out of the way real quick. Um, this is another team in the AL East, which is ridiculous. It's the, the fourth best team in the AL East. They have a run to the blue Toronto Blue Jays. They have a run differential of plus 118, putting them fourth in that particular stat in the AL behind the three other division leaders. Toronto is has even doubled up Boston and New York's run differentials. But how can such a large margin not be translating to the win and loss column? Yeah, that's a really good question. The Yankee season was just so mind-blowing because they started so badly and they finished so well. So their run differential doesn't even really matter to me. I mean, Seattle, I think, still has a negative run differential. Mm. and They're still somehow in the AL wildcard race. The bottom line with the Blue Jays is that the pitching came too late. And they had a swarm of injury problems, too. They started off the year. One of their best offseason acquisitions was Kirby Yates, who led the league in saves a couple of years ago. And he had Tommy John surgery before the season even began. So that was a huge blow. You've got the ace in Ryu. They took a flyer deal on Robbie Ray, who could win the AL Cy Young. He's been that good. And then behind that was basically question marks. They went out at the deadline and they got Jose Barrios. They have him through 2022, which I think is huge, but it just came a little bit too late. I always said Toronto doesn't have the pitching to match with A, the other teams in the AL East and B, the other teams in the American League, but they definitely have the offense. Their offense is absolutely electric. And if they somehow uh, pass the A's and Boston, that's the thing. If it's one team, maybe we have to pass the A's and the Red Sox, I don't see that happening. But George Springer is back. He also missed so much time. Imagine what this offense could have been like with Springer in it fully healthy. So who knows? I just the, the pitching came a little too late. I think next year they're going to be leading this division. Yeah, and they're, they're very, 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 very young. Um, right. Speaking of the AL wild card, that could get very spicy, especially with Oakland, Toronto, Seattle, all within five games of that wild card spot. <clears throat> As of right now, we have uh, – as of right now, we have three ALS, ALS teams in ALCS? the playoffs. AL East, I'm sorry. AL East, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know why. Yes, I'm, I'm I do think I do think right there now. will be three AL East teams. I think the Red Sox can still do it. The Rays are going to win the division. The Yankees are going to have a pretty sizable lead. And I think the, the Oakland A's and the Boston Red Sox are both going rapidly downhill. I think the Red Sox have the talent to turn things around. The A's lost Chris Bassett, and without him, their pitching staff looks so much weaker. And, of course, it was one of the most horrible injuries that we've seen in a while. He took a line drive to the head. We're we're glad he's okay, but the A's are so much weaker. They've basically only got Matt Olsen and Starling Marte on offense. The Red Sox, 
everything is going wrong, but somehow, and this might be my detriment, somehow I think they're going to turn it around. They've got COVID issues. COVID aside, if these guys are healthy, the combo of Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers, J.D. Martinez, Hunter Renfro, Kyle Schwarber now, these guys can hit. And if yeah. they can score five or six runs a game, Nick Pavetta doesn't have to be elite. Eduardo Rodriguez doesn't have to be elite. They just have to pitch through the game. The bullpen has been absolutely abysmal. That's a huge problem. Matt Barnes has to turn it around. But then the biggest thing is that they got Chris Sale back. And if it's going to be, which I think it will, the Yankees and the Red Sox in an AL wildcard game, which I'm going to drop about $500 to go to probably. Chris Sale versus Garrett Cole. I don't think you easily give that to the Yankees. Even if the Yankees are still hot, I don't think you – Chris Sale – in a matchup with another month of experience under his belt, even though he's still recovering from Tommy John. I don't think you count the Red Sox out of that game. You know, it's with the MLB at once as well. Um, oh, yeah. Two teams who, who haven't quite still up their division yet, but might as well have. Um, can the Astros make another magical run? Oh, yeah. I, I think the Astros – it's tough to say team to beat. I think it's, I think an NL team is going to win the world series. I'm not sure if anybody in the AL can match up with the NL at this point. Uh, I think if the white Sox are fully healthy, they're extremely dangerous. I think if the Astros had one more quality pitcher, maybe imagine what a Verl, a healthy Verlander in this rotation would do. You've got mm. some guys, Luis Garcia has been so good. Framber Valdez has been really good. Jake Odorizzi has been kind of shaky, but I think he can be valuable. And then they're led by Zach Granke right now. Their offense is just absolutely insane. And they proved it. I think it was 2020 when the, none of those yeah. guys played very well. Jose Altuve's on base percentage dropped like 50, I mean, jumped 50 yeah. points in the postseason. Same with Carlos Correa. These guys in the postseason are just different beasts. You don't, the, the Astros are the team that I would be the most scared to face. Even though the, the Rays are intimidating on the page, I think, or actually, no, flip. The Rays are intimidating in person because mm-hmm. you're not going to know the name of the pitcher that comes in. The Astros are just, you don't want to, you don't want to throw to Carlos Correa. You don't want to throw to Alex Bregman. They're a scary team. Uh, speaking of a team that, that is, uh, you really don't, it's intimidating to face, that's the Chicago White Sox. And that's the team yep. that's basically still their division as well. I mean, are they, are they serious contenders in this thing? Definitely. They're definitely a serious contender. I think it'll probably, I don't know exactly how the seating is going to be because the Rays have the best record mm-hmm. in the AL. So the Rays will probably p- play the winner of the wild card, which would be the Yankees of the Red Sox, which would be an AL East. And then that means it would be White Sox Astros for the ALDS. And then it comes down to one of those teams versus probably the Rays for the ALCS. I think White Sox Astros might be one of the best series of the entire playoffs. And unfortunately, oh we're going to get it in the ALDS. But the, I think White Sox have the advantage in pitching, but these offenses are going to go neck and neck. These guys hit for the White Sox hit for power. They have the speed. They can put the ball on the ground and beat it out. They just are so well balanced, and their defense is really good too. It seems like everybody in the White Sox can hit for power. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got Jose Abreu is the reigning AL MVP. The big reason they've had a pretty sizable division uh, lead in the AL Central, mm-hmm. and the main reason for that is because the Twins were so bad this year. Yeah. I went into this year thinking the Twins were going to win the Central. 
And it was going to take one more year for the White Sox to put everything together because this team is so young. But they really got off on the wrong foot when Luis Robert went down for months. Eloy Jimenez went down for months. Jimenez came back and he's vaulted the White Sox into top 10 in the league in homers. He makes that much of an impact on this team to have him in the lineup. Really, the biggest thing for them is that the White Sox don't have any power from the left side. So that's when, when, if you face a team like the Rays, that's where it can really bite you because a manager like Kevin Cash is so good at going lefty-righty to try and work the matchup. The analytics side of it, you know, like it or not, that's the analytics side of it. But it might not matter if Jose Abreu comes up and gets a pitch he wants. It might not matter if the pitcher is a lefty or a righty. He's just that good. Same thing with Tim Anderson. Uh, Yeah, I love him. Emma Hoden, co-host of the Did You Hear Pop Patrick Singh. Check it out wherever you get your podcast. A part of the Blue, Blue Wire Hustle. Thank you so much for joining, joining me today. I've got one last question for you. Who wins the World Series first? Mike Ooh. Trout or the Texas Rangers? Mm. That is a fascinating question. <sighs> I think it's going to be Trout. I think it's going to be Trout. I'm sorry. Are you never going to have me back on? I just, just, myself a hole there. I've just been so close to winning so many World Series, and that would have even felt like one if you would have said the Rangers there. I know. I just the, – the main reason I say it is that if the Angels don't with Mike Trout – here's my thing. If the Angels don't, it will be an absolute disservice. Everybody knows that. And now you bring in Shohei Otani to this conversation too. If the yeah. Angels cannot get pitching good enough to get Mike Trout in the playoffs – it will be an absolute crime. I think the Rangers have some flexibility to work with because they don't have their star right now. They got a good haul back for Gallo. I think they're putting things together. They've got a potential rookie of the year candidate in Adolis Garcia. They've got mm-hmm. some guys. Dane Dunning's pretty good. The Angels, though, it seems like something always goes wrong, but a healthy Rendon, a healthy Trout, and even a Shohei Otani that regresses, I think you have to expect some re- regression. Even a Shohei Otani that hits 30 home runs, that offense is crazy. They literally just need competent arms. And they haven't done it. Mike Trout's been in the league for however many years now, nine years, and he's never done it. But you and would it, think that the Angels are closer. And instantly, he's the greatest player in baseball. Instantly, he's the greatest player of all time. And I've never seen him play a playoff game. But has he been, been, been a playoff? Has he been in the playoffs? I think he's played in one game. One? I think he played in one game. Yeah. It really is a shame. And it's so funny because he had, he was off to another historical tear, probably would have Mm -hmm. won the MVP this year. He had a calf injury and he's been out since at least June, if not May. And I saw a headline yesterday that said manager Joe Madden is mulling whether to shut trout down for the season. I'm like, it's September 1st and the angels are nowhere oh close to the playoffs. Why would you throw trout out there? Put the man in a position where he can show how good he is, where he can become marketable. It's my, you could walk down the street and people wouldn't know Mike trout. And like I've you never said, heard him he's, talk. One of the, he's one of the best players of this generation, if not the best player in history, it's such a disservice. And it's all because of pitching. It's all because of pitching, but the angels also drafted 20 pitchers in the MLB draft last year. All 20 wow. of their picks went to pitchers. Well, so they're I, trying. If they all bust, and they ask. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> That's almost worse, right? That's the thing. I've, I've never heard Mike Trout talk. I know. Ever. So, again, Emma Hoden, follow her everywhere on social. She's great. She has the best baseball coverage that I've found. 
I couldn't want anyone else to join me tonight to talk baseball because I don't. 90% of the names she named off, I didn't know. But I'm definitely going to be um, recalling them when I'm watching the playoffs uh, here in about a month. So, Emma, thank you one more time. We're going to have you back on during the playoffs. Awesome. Thank you, Kyler. Kyler, you and Emma put on a great show. I'm sorry I could not be there. There's a lot happening in the world right now, a lot of things going on. So, unfortunately, I was not able to make that uh, that conversation. But, man, Emma's so smart when it comes to MLB. That's just that's incredible. Yeah, she like I, I told her that, and it was one of the last things I told her. I didn't know ninety percent of the names she said. That's not that's a true statement, and I will be. I, but I will be recalling them during the playoffs because I know they are important names. Yeah, well, once you hear it, you'll know who to follow along with, who to be watching for those you know big time hits, big time plays, and that's you know that's all that we we need to know. We need to know the highlights. Our fans need to know the highlights because they're not going to watch the whole game either. So. Thank you, Emma, for giving us all of that great information. Kyler, before we get into this totem pole, this totem pole is brought to you by Bigfoot Axe Sewing, the premier axe sewing location in the middle of Paradise down in Hochtown, Oklahoma. Uh, go down or use the promo code BYB2021 for 15% off your entire group. There is a great time. You can have so much fun doing the things down there at Bigfoot Axe Sewing. Check out tossthataxe.com. TossTheAxe.com, promo code BYB2021, 15% off your purchase. Kyler, oh, and uh, just so you guys know, we're at social, we're on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Berkshire Bubble, TikTok, YouTube, Sports BYBP. So we can check out all of our interviews, some of our clips, uh, great funny polls we put out, great, inter- uh, great videos on uh, TikTok. So a lot of good things happening over there, uh, just so you guys are aware. Uh, make sure you go follow at Blue Wire Pods, a great network of podcasts. King Griffey Jr., Chris Long, The Spinsters, uh, so many great podcasts follow at Blue Wire Hustle, the group that we're a part of, the Triple uh, A to the Blue Wire, uh, if we're in MLB speak, since we still have Emma on. Uh, make sure that you go follow at Unwrapped Sports. They do a bunch of live streams. Great uh, time to get everybody talking about uh, sports. They just had a uh, big debate on who the GOAT is. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, I think somebody even mentioned Kobe. So, you know, there's a, a good a good thing right there to go follow under sports. Last but not least, everyone's doing fancy football drafts. You're getting ready for the season. You're going to need to know who to pick up off wires. And you can find all of that information if you go and follow at Fantasy BYB, our fantasy football expert, Shane. So be sure to go follow him. Kyler, with that long social media reading, let's get to the totem pole. Yeah, and also check out if you check out our draft on the YouTube channel. It's got it's got uh, quite a, a decent amount of views on there, and uh, it's a, it's a really funny draft to just sit back and watch, and you know, kind of see how things play out in, in a real draft and a real draft environment. Everybody was on the Zoom. Yeah, no, the draft was a great time. So much fun. We had some of our home league uh, doing it. Kyler, let's get to the totem pole, guys. We're going this time. We're going to do a totem pole of road trip snacks. And Kyler, I'm going to start at the bottom. Yeah. But I'm going to have a celeb uh, make my pick. Oh, Becca, my God. Becca, what is your least favorite road trip snack? Hey, peanut butter trail the, mix. Can she, can she come speaking to the microphone? Oh, Becca, they need you to speak into the microphone. No, they don't. Here. You don't, your video. Your peanut face butter trail mix. Peanut butter trail mix. Not going to disagree with her. Um, I don't think I've had the peanut butter flavor trail mix, but trail mix probably isn't, it's not on the top of my totem pole, but it's, it's not on the bottom. I like trail mix. 
Yeah, I mean, normal trail mix is okay. I don't, I'm not a big grazing guy, but peanut butter trail mix is at the bottom of my totem pole. Josh, the bottom of my totem pole. This happening. This has happened to me one time on a road trip, and it was it was the most outrageous, disturbing. I mean, uh, almost offensive thing that has ever happened to me in my life. And I've lived a pr- pretty privileged life by saying that. Hard boiled eggs. Oh, somebody pulled out a. What what are they called? A uh. A, what, what's a what's a little plastic container? What are they called? Like a Tupperware. A, a, a Tupperware, a, a plastic Tupperware with a lid on it. Pull, pulled that little lid off. Had three hard boiled eggs in there. Said, "You want one?" Guy, you're gonna hate me. When, and whenever I'm, you know, on my protein kick and I gotta get my protein in, that's uh, one on of a road way. trip. Okay, now that's fair. I I probably wouldn't do it on a road trip. Gosh, yeah, I almost. I, oh my god. Yeah, there's just a lot that goes into that too because I mean, hard boiled eggs on a road trip. uh, There's just a lot, a lot extra process into that. Yeah, no, thank you. All right, the next bottom of my totem pole is going to be on road trips. Uh, I do not like. Oh, this is controversial, and they're not big on my list. Pringles. I'm not a big Pringles guy on road trips. So just a re- original Pringles? I love that one. Yeah, no no Pringles on a road trip. So, so what about like barbecue-flavored Pringles? No, not for me, not on a road so trip. So is it the can? It is. That's exactly what it is. I hate the, I hate the can. I hate – it's a, I, if I want a easy snack – like what if I'm driving? You know, I'm not – that's dangerous. No, thank you. You're exact. You nailed that one. I mean, that that's that's exactly right. This this the this is the last one on the bottom, and this is a pet peeve of mine. And any podcast I listen to where they where they start eating like I have I have like a phobia where or like not a phobia. It's like a, a thing. I don't know. It's not called phobia, but like a um when people are chewing and I can hear it, I it, it annoys me to my bitter end. Carrot. Josh, if somebody's oh. eating carrots within a mile of me, I want to kill them. That's a good call. I, yeah, carrots, no thank you. No thank you. I don't even like them regularly. No, I like carrots. No, I don't. So I, I, I don't, I wouldn't like them as a snack. I, I would not eat them here. I would not eat them there. I would not eat them anywhere. I like carrots. But just a little carrots and ranch, sure. You do it within six feet of me, I'm going to have to kick you in the nose. Yeah, especially because once you start on carrots, you're eating them for 30 minutes. You're gonna have to eat at least. Josh, you're gonna get a whole bag. It's gonna. Oh my god, there's so. Imagine taking carrots to the to the movie. Josh, Alyssa, uh, this was months ago. She was eating carrots during a movie. I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I'm trying. Like, what are you even doing? Hear. I can't hear the movie. I can hear myself think. <laughs> All right, let's go to the top. All right, top of my totem pole collar. I'm gonna go first again. Uh, and I'm not using celebrity for this one. I'm going to go with beef jerky. Oh, great pick! I mean, beef jerky. It's a so you're just going just just straight up original. I mean, all, I, mean all, I mean, I'll take I'll take blackened. I'll take peppered. I'll take hickory. I'll take teriyaki. I'll take original. Give me beef jerky on a road trip, and that's all that I will need. The only downfall to beef jerky is it's so expensive. It's unreasonably expensive. 
why and, and it's just like that at gas stations if you go to walmart i mean or you go to your local your local you know costco or, or, or a, a sam's club reasonably priced you go to an easy mart 7-eleven quick trip 14 dollars. gosh it's your it's your mortgage for a yeah. bag of beef jerky <laughs> yeah it does not make sense that's the only downfall but if i but if if i snag me a, a bag of jerky i'm eating it the whole time josh this is this one is I mean, uh, this is the kid in me coming out. It's a Twix bar. The top of my totem bowl is a Twix bar. I love a good Twix. And if, especially, Josh, if, if, I, if they have an ice cream section in there and I can find an ice cream Twix bar, oh, it made my day. Uh, it, makes, cool. it, makes, it makes the road trip. That's all I need. So the, the, I think the only thing that I will say about that is you can't get enough from just one. Like I would have to eat like four Twixes. Well, two, two, well the left and the right come in the package, Josh. Yeah, I would have to eat like four of them packages. Well, that's a lot of sugar, sir. <laughs> I, I know and exactly why it did not make the top of mine, but I do not blame you because Twixes are very good. Uh, I love those little ice cream Snicker bars too. Those are like my favorite little ice creams. Uh, number two on my totem pole for the top. I am going to go with the purple Doritos, the spicy sweet chili Doritos. See, now, now you're going specific Doritos, but earlier you went all brands of beef jerky, so I couldn't take teriyaki beef jerky. So, but, but now I could take blue cheese Doritos if I wanted to. Uh, absolutely. I don't, oh, the, I don't like the, all the other flavors of, of Doritos, but the spicy sweet chili Doritos, the little purple bag, Calor, give me that and I'm set. Walmart just quit selling them, so I don't have them for this upcoming road trip. I had to get uh, some kind of spicy lemon Doritos that I don't even know if I like. Yeah, t- Josh, uh, one thing I don't like about Doritos on a road trip and chips in general on a road trip, it's just too messy. Like what? Like what is all this shit on chips that's making my hands so messy? Tyler, if have you ever had the spicy sweet chili chips? I don't like I don't like spicy. No, they're not. That's the thing. They're not actually spicy. If it says if it says spicy, it's, I don't do. It. I don't know. Well, Kyler, you're missing out. So what you do is you put the whole damn thing in your mouth at once, and then your fingers are coated, and you go oh, at the that, end, and you're done. That sounds awful, Josh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what is the next on your totem pole? So it has to. So these have to be snacks. These have to be out of a convenience. You know, we're stopping at we're stopping at a at a you know, quick trip, a 7-Eleven. This can't be a, can't be like what McDonald's, you know, is somewhere. I mean, yeah, sure. No, no, okay. It was got that hold of your list. You know, down here on Indian Nation, we have the gas station with McDonald's inside. And so we, we won't count those. So let's stick, Josh, I'm going to go with popcorn. Popcorn. Popcorn on a road trip. I love some popcorn. I'd Becca love to agrees. know what Becca says. Becca says Becca agrees. She said she loves the popcorn on a road trip. You got to get the bad kind. Butter, white cheddar, the mm-hmm. kind. White cheddar. I mean, light. I, I'd prefer if it wasn't buttered. They're lightly. I mean, lightly buttered. No, very. I'd prefer no salt or very light salt if they have that option. But I mean, popcorn. I Josh used to have braces, so I couldn't eat them. But I got them off, baby. Yeah, popcorn's good call, Kyler. I don't disagree. I, I I don't know. I probably wouldn't take it, 
But I have seen Becca snag it for road trips a couple of times in the bag. Do you not like popcorn? I like popcorn. I I don't know. I'd have to get like the cheesy kind, but then I get tired of the cheesy flavor and I want to move on to something else. Well, just eat a few and put it down. You don't no, have to it doesn't work. Like, if I'm on a road trip, I'm eating whatever I have all at once. Yeah, uh, I'm a little different. Okay, so the top of my totem pole, uh, or no, the bottom of my top uh, for yeah. snacks on a road trip would probably be, I'm going to go with the little cuties, the little oranges. Oh, halos. Little halos. That's an underrated choice, and I think a lot of people sleep on those, um, mostly because they don't sell them at any gas station I've ever seen. Um, you'd probably have to buy them at Walmart, Walmart beforehand. You might as well just pack a sandwich. You could pack a sandwich, but then you have to worry about keeping it cold, and halos you don't have to. You know, you can just pick them up and snag one right there. That's it. It, again, though, it's a little bit of work. It is a little bit of work, but, man, it's worth it. True. So I, I, I respect that pick for as the bottom of the totem pole. I respect it. Um, so the bottom of mine, Josh, I'm going to go with a chocolate chip pop tart. Oh, I did snag pop tarts, but they were not chocolate chip. Give me a good chocolate chip pop tart, and I am good to go. You know my problem with pop tarts on a road trip. What's that? And and this, I still love the pick because I do love pop tarts, <clears throat> but you can't warm them up. Oh, that's a great point. You can just throw them on the dash. If you, yeah, no kidding, especially right now. But if you could warm up a pop tart in the microwave for about eight seconds and then shove it in your mouth hole, oh, it's delicious. They got microwaves inside those Seven <laughs> Elevens. True, true, true. Okay, so a uh, couple of uh, honorable <laughs> mentions. If I heat these up real, real quick, <laughs> <laughs> they would not. They wouldn't even know. Uh, honorable mention that could have could have been over my Halo choice was Cheez Its. I'm my brother's a huge fan of Cheez Its, and I think he ate them. He was such a big fan that I became an anti fan. Yeah, I yeah, I respect that. Uh, um, last, it's last it's hard to think of when you're not in the gas station. Now, I think of a lot of candy, uh, Reese's, Reese's oh, protein. Right. Reese's has like set a reg, two two little Reese's cups, seven grams of protein. Oh, I love that. Um, one for me is the other one for me to end my honorable mentions is going to be Chex Mix. Cheez Its and Chex Mix on a road trip. Oh man, they're so good. And if you're looking, I mean, always protein bars, of course, you know, RX bar. Love a good RX bar. The Nature Valley pro, uh, peanut butter and dark chocolate. Oh yeah. In your car? Oh yeah. Are you immediately stopping at a vacuum? <laughs> Kyler, I just, I, I think you are the messiest eater that I've ever met. Gosh, Nature Valley's crumble when you open them. No, you just got to shove it all into your mouth hole. Okay, I understand how you eat now. I get it. <laughs> you just got to make it efficient. Kyler, this was a ton of fun. Uh, now you know what you can bring and not to bring on a road trip with one of us. A uh, lot of sports, a lot of great conversation, Kyler. <laughs> Looking forward to the speed tracker. Uh, let's get to it, man. Have a great day. Yep. Love it, bro. See you then.